This season, treat all your friends and family with a holiday gift pack from our longtime friends at noon. They're serving up three holiday gift packs, each with three tubes of hydration tablets. Perfect for introducing your favorite runners to new flavors or types of noon. Save 20% when you use promo code NOONAMR20 at noonlife.com. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. Go to calm.com slash AMR. For a limited time, get 40% off your Calm premium subscription with hundreds of hours of programming, unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content added every week. Just a quick warning. Our guest today is a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Parts of our conversation might be triggering for some listeners. And also, our guest uh, uses salty language on occasion. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. What's up, Sarah? How are you? Oh, what's up is we're going to see each other in person for the first time in, what, 21 months? We are what if we to- don't recognize each other? <laughs> <laughs> you mean because I got so spelt and, you know, all the wrinkles have gone from my face? I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. My the yeah. I've done um, some work all over. My hair has gotten longer. All the things. No, it'll be so fun. It's just going to be. What have you done when you've seen people that you haven't seen for a long time? Like it's a little. I know it's not going to be awkward between the two of us, but some people are like, "Can we hug? Do we shake hands? Is this weird? What do we talk about?" Like it takes a minute, and then you. For me, it's we, I've gotten right back into the beat, but it's been a little strange with people I haven't seen in a long time. It's well, a new- how, how about this? I get a little teary eyed. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I mean, when you're used to see, even though we live far apart and in different cities, we usually see each other in a normal year, every couple of months between, yeah, you know, races I, and events. And yeah, I should remind people you're the CMO for another mother runner. Yes. Um, and it just happens that you have kick. this amazing talent to be a podcast host as well. <laughs> right. And, right. And, uh, <laughs> yes. The last time we saw each other was on Hilton head, uh, for our retreat, which now seems truly like another lifetime ago. Uh-huh. And, it and, does. Yeah. And yeah, it's weird. Cause I mean, like I think about all the other trips we've had and those seem more recent than that magical Hilton head one. Uh, I know. I know. Um, so we get to go back to our favorite city, one of our favorite cities, Austin, which is just, such a cool town. I haven't looked to see what the weather is going to be like, but I don't even care. I just love the oh. food. I love the people. And then we get to go see all of the really cool running um, gear and accessories and shoes. And, and, and then we're going to a running trade show called the, with the creative name of the running event uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, versus the event we're going to the Dimity and I'll be at at the end of January called the run show. Uh, <laughs> Must be good for SEO. Who yes, knows? Exactly. Didactic gets better. Uh, so yes. So, oh my goodness, Amy's ice cream, the most delicious ice cream. Um, I'm so excited. They do have one at the airport. So I might yes. have to just, just hit the ground because whenever I go to Austin, my goal is to eat Amy's ice cream every single day I'm there. Yeah. As you I, should. I yes, mean... I, I have had my Lyft driver stop on the way from the 
convention center to the airport. <laughs> and after being in the car for maybe three minutes, he gives me his credit card and tells me to get one for him too. <laughs> so, so I leave my computer and my luggage in his car and I go in. <laughs> because you know, he's not going to leave without the Amy's ice cream. doesn't matter what kind of stuff you have in the car. Right. Right. Um, I remember last time it must, mm-hmm. cause we've been there. What twice before I think together. No. Oh, easily, easily three times, if not four. Yeah. Well, remember I only started working with you guys in 26. So it's only been five years and it hasn't happened the past two years. Oh, it hasn't happened just one year. Just didn't happen in 2020. Um, okay. Sorry. One year. Um, so 2019, cause in an email today, it said two years, but I thought that 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 was wrong. Um, we were out to dinner and it was late and I was ready to go to bed, put on my pajamas and just go to sleep. Cause it's, you know, it's hard work working at trade show and talking to a bunch of different people. And I'm being facetious cause it's so much fun, but it is kind of exhausting. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, we got to go get names ice cream. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I just want to go to sleep. And then we went and it was well worth it. It was well yes, worth staying up the you. additional 20 minutes. Cause that ice cream is pretty spectacular. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. 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 So, and I'm excited to run along the, it's not a river. It's a, it's kind of Lake uh, Austin. Yes. Lake Austin. Mm-hmm. I do think it is a damned river though. So um, totally, I should say damned up. It's not, <laughs> not cursing people. <laughs> um, and then I'm actually, so uh, Alaska changed my flight. I was supposed to leave at 1230 and instead it, Oh, take this 830 nonstop instead. Okay. That's not the same thing. No, so, so within an hour, maybe, but four yeah, hour difference. That's crazy. Four hours earlier, cut into my sleep. So, but I have always, since reading about the swimming pool situations in Austin, I have wanted to go to one of their spring fed outdoor pools. So tomorrow I've, I've done my research and I have asked people on Twitter. So I'm going to go to deep Eddy E D D Y, which is a spring fed swimming pool. And it looks, is that also where the name of the vodka comes from deep Eddy? It is. How did you know that? Because when you Google it, you get both of them. <laughs> well, because I like vodka, Sarah. <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I've had it before, but that's not my my drink okay. of choice. But that's funny. That's what it's named after. Huh? Yes, it is. I'm, yes, I'm um, I'm next to positive. So Interesting. Um, I don't know if it's the same spring. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think it's free. Um, and the, and people have assured me that, that Austin, Austinites, I think that's mm-hmm. what you call people who live in Austin, uh, okay. swim there year round in swimsuits. Um, yeah. So I'm really, really excited because it is, it's going to be in the low to mid seventies and partially sunny. So, okay. So what does that mean for the water temperature? Do you have any idea? Uh, they said it would be, um, in about the mid seventies as well. The water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there that is a lovely, there is a bigger one. It's, um, it's not crystal Springs. It's something maybe Barstow Springs. I could mm-hmm. be making that up. Um, yeah. And that's much larger and it doesn't look quite so pool like, okay. um, like the water's not blue. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, that just felt a little um, outside my comfort zone. So yeah, um, I'm very excited for it. I'm just excited. And, and longer daylight hours. I mean, I'm flying South considerably. Yeah, you are. You are hiking down pretty (laughs) far. I am. So, I mean, the fact that it won't be pitch black at 5 p.m. is thrilling for me. 
you know, oh my gosh, I, it's so it's, depressing these days. It is. It's the little things in life that I like. Totally. Well, that's good. <laughs> then you're there. You're that's why you're happy all the time because little <laughs> things make you happy. Um, I know I'm excited to run along Lake Austin. Um, there's a really cool riverfront. Mm-hmm. I might try a spin class one morning too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, and it'll just be fun to reconnect with so many people. I mean, we talk to people in the running industry all the time, a lot of different cool brands and to be able to see them in person instead of on zoom will be really fun and just uh, see what's going on in the world. Exactly. And, and the running stuff, world, new colors. Yes. You get to see our friend Jennifer at handful and uh, have dinner with Celia from goo and, oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. fun. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, um, today's conversation should be um, fun as well. We're talking to a prolific runner, writer, and activist. Her name is Liz Farrow. She has run, get this, more than 75 marathons, including one in all 50 states plus the Great Wall of China. And she's completed numerous Ironman triathlons and several ultra marathons. Liz is the author of several books, including, it has a really long title, Finish Line Feeling, Running with Power, Perseverance, Optimism, Wisdom, Energy, and Resilience. Um, as a child, Liz experienced foster care and sexual abuse, but found solace in sports and fitness. The empowerment she gained from sports led her to find the nonprofit organization Girls with Soul. We'll talk with this powerful mother runner after this break. Stay with us. Deck the halls and light the candles and serve up some noon cheer to all the runners in your life. Noon hydration tablets turn ordinary water into an extraordinary beverage packed with flavor, electrolytes, vitamins, and immune support goodness. This year, Noon is making it easy on all of us by offering three holiday gift packs, one each for energy, exercise, and wellness. Each gift pack includes three tubes of Noon, and they're a great way to introduce your beloved running friends to new flavors or types of Noon, like the Wellness Holiday Gift Pack. Contains three tubes of our favorite wellness blends, Noon Vitamins, Noon Immunity, and Noon Rest, plus two free samples of the new Noon Immunity 3. While the Energy Gift Pack contains three tubes of Noon Energy in three caffeinated, delicious flavors, Berry Blast, Ginger Lime Zing, and Tropical Punch. And, no surprise, the Exercise Gift Pack has three tubes of Noon Sport in three delicious flavors, Strawberry Lemonade, Lemon Lime, and Watermelon. No matter the time of day, I'm drinking Noon. For instance, before and after my five-mile run this morning, I drank Noon Sport in my favorite flavor, Citrus Fruit. Now, after being at the trade show all day, I'm drinking Noon Immunity in super tasty blueberry pomegranate. Whatever flavor, variety, or gift pack of Noon you choose, get 20% off your entire order by visiting NoonLife.com and using promo code NoonAMR20. That website, N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E.com and code NoonAMR20. That's all one word, NoonAMR20, to save 20%. Before we embark on a lively discussion with our guest, let's take a brief break together. Take a deep breath, unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, shake out your hands. Another mother runner likes to remind you to take a little time for yourself. Our friends at Calm can help. We're longtime partners with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve how you navigate your day and drift off to sleep at night. Start like I do by clearing your head and gaining insight with guided daily meditations. Improve your focus at work with Calm's curated music tracks and unwind with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. By going to calm.com AMR, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content added every week. I start most days on a Calm note. I do the 10-minute daily trip meditation, a series led by a down-to-earth guy named Jeff Warren. It's simple and unfussy. 
In some sessions, Jeff talks a fair bit. Other times, he provides just a few prompts. I really appreciate that Calm lets me mark a session as a favorite, so I can return to ones that really resonate. I keep coming back to one called Take a Break. Its overarching message, you don't need to solve all your problems at once. That's an especially important reminder these days. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. Go to calm.com slash AMR for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash AMR. Well, thank you for joining us, Liz. I'm really excited that you are uh, even having me. So thank you. All right. So this might seem like a slightly odd jumping off point, but I have to ask about your fabulous sleeves of tattoos. Um, You have both arms and they appear to be almost joined by tattoos across your chest and back. So talk to us about your ink, please. Oh my gosh. I like to joke around about my ink being my midlife crisis. (laughs) (laughs) I got my very, very, very first tattoo when I was 31 before they even coined the phrase tramp stamp. I got one across my lower back. (laughs) (laughs) They're coming back, baby. They're coming back, baby. Yeah. I'm bringing sexy back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then never got one ever again. Um, until I turned 50, 51, and then I completely sleeved out back, chest, legs, everything. Boom, done. I'm like a very extreme all or nothing person. Yes. Was wow. there something that, that triggered that? Like, I mean, what, what made you j- make the jump at 50? Cool. Um, other than menopause. <laughs> no, I, I just joke about that part of it. Cause you know, you, you change over the years. I don't know. Maybe it was, I wasn't, you know, my kids are adults now. And I just started thinking more about like art and things that I really like and, you know, not caring about what other people think more, what I love, you know, it's, you mm-hmm. know, you have to be really comfortable, obviously putting that much ink on your body, but I absolutely love it. And, you know, people look at them sometimes or somebody will make a comment. Usually I always get really positive comments like, oh, I love Oh, they're beautiful. Ink. They're beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but, you know, sometimes it'll be, oh, you know, you're going to have those when you're old. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have all these wrinkles too. Like, who cares? <laughs> right. But um, I am aware of that. Thank you. I oh, my gosh. That. So how many, how many sessions did you, I mean, it's a lot of ink. You, you, how many sessions did it take? you know what? A lot. And, and they're expensive too. So you, you better Mm -hmm. love what you're going to put on there for sure. And I think that was a big Mm -hmm. part of, you know, to answer your question about what's the jumping off point, you know, you sort of like, Oh, what will I get? What will I get? Cause I want to love it. You know, I don't want to. And I think at later stage in life, you're going to, you know, less chance that you're going to wake up one day and be like, Oh my God, there's a freaking Tasmanian devil on my ass. What was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) But I, I am not worried about that because I actually have things that I think I'm always going to love, but, um, how many sessions? Oh my gosh. Like hours and hours. I mean, I have the kiss by Gustav Klimt on my back and that was, wow. Uh, six or seven sessions of three hours because it was so detailed. Oh my gosh. Wow. And all by the same artist. Um, I have three artists who have done all of the work that I have. So the majority Mm -hmm. is, I would say the same guy, um, Mm -hmm. Gustav Klimt and a couple others, um, were women. 
-hmm. but the other guy did a lot of the other work. So I have, I love skulls. I love art. I have a French painting. Um, it's kind of funny because the painting is called Dawn and it's of a, a woman who looks like she's running. It's just it's like the epitome of just freedom and happiness and joy. It's freaking mm -hmm. awesome. I'm not a morning person. So Dawn better be your name because I'm not that happy in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, she has like a sheet kind of draped around her and she has like uh, lilies and it's just a beautiful painting. It's by William Bougereau. Um, mm. but her, she's topless and it's a beautiful painting. And sometimes <laughs> goofy young people will be like, Hey, you got titties on your arms. And I'm like, that is not titties. That's art. There's a difference. <laughs> Don't diminish that. Right. Don't take away from it. It's not just titties. This is beautiful art. And actually, well, we I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say the artist did a, a really good job, uh, um, a really, really good rendition of, of that painting. So I was happy with it. Well, I know we could sit here and talk about your um, tattoos all day because it is fascinating. <laughs> and I have to come back to the fact that you're not a morning person, yet you've run 75 marathons. I don't know how you trained for all of those, but we'll, we'll come back to that question. Um, but let's start with two interwoven questions related to your childhood. How did you become active as a child and how did sports and fitness help you cope with the trauma you experienced? Um, you know, we know your newly, newly released memoir spends many chapters on this. So please pardon us for asking you to boil it down to a three ish minute answer. Oh my gosh. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'll try to remember all the points, but I think as far as how did athletics help me or just like, where did I start, you know, into like mm -hmm. running and all mm -hmm. of that stuff, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, I think. I mean, I'm a high strung person and, um, I think the foster care, you know, the homes that I was in, I was in four foster homes before I was adopted and there was abuse that occurred in all of the homes. That's why they kept moving me around until I was mm. like two and a half. Um, I just had a lot of energy and, you know, you, I think everybody knows when they have things happen or, and, or just life in general, when you have negative things that you need to burn off, they're either going to be like manifest in a bad way, or you can try to get them out in a better way. And my parents definitely noticed my dad did for sure that I had energy to burn. And he was just like, I need to wear this one out. Um, <laughs> so he put me literally in everything under the sun. Cause it, when I was in a parking lot, I wasn't walking with my mom, holding her hand. I was doing cartwheels running. She's screaming at me. You know, it was, I was that kid, like the one mm -hmm. and this the way my age too, but my, you know, everyone was like, put that kid on Ritalin. Why isn't she on Ritalin? Do they even <laughs> have Ritalin anymore? I don't even know if that's a thing. Um, I don't know. I don't either, but I, I think that was more of a seventies thing, but yeah. So I think that was the start of it. And then I would just, I got this bug where I realized how good it made me feel. Um, and I didn't want to lose that one thing that made me feel like, um, I was a good person or that I could accomplish things. And also like my body felt good. And I used to hate my body when I was young because mm. of, of the abuse. And, um, after my neighbor, uh, was abusing me when I was a kid, I started to hate myself. So mm. to have something that, that felt that good and was like positive, it just kind of went from there. And I and obviously with the tattoo story about going from having one and never getting one for years and years and then going full out sleeved and everything else. I loved the idea of seeing like how far I could go. That was mm -hmm. really intriguing and exciting 
for me, you know, like, and if I went with my dad to the track, cause he would run sometimes or jog on the track and I would go with him as a little kid. Um, if I went two times, you know, around, I'd be like, Oh, I gotta go four times around next time. So I just, I just <laughs> love that idea of like being able to push your body, you know, and see how far it can take you. Wow. You're an up the ante type of gal. Totally. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I'm like, and I'm, I'm not a morning person, but I want to see how far I can go as long as it's afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Liz. Well, you're a mother of a grown daughter and son. And as someone who's written a guidebook for girls to help them find their quote inner superhero, what advice can you share with adults, parents or not? Um, on how they can help girls become empowered, perhaps through sports and fitness? I think definitely encouraging them um, to take part in anything, like not being afraid to try. I think a lot of times girls mm. are not empowered because they're just automatically more so than a boy would say, oh, I'm not good at that. Whereas a boy would be like, oh, I'm awesome at that, even if they suck. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know why, but it's just inherently we'll just automatically be like, oh, sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm like, and which is amazing. So why, why is it not so much that girls are apt to be that way? So I think empowering them to just try things. Don't be afraid, you know, to look stupid. Don't be afraid to not be good at something right away. We don't have to be perfect. You just have to do it and also be a, an example, you know, like I, mm -hmm. even in Girls with Soul in my, in my nonprofit, I don't facilitate, I participate, you know, so mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell my kids, you know, go, go over there and play basketball or go over there and let's do some, you know, jumping jacks. I'm doing them too. And I think that mm -hmm. goes a long way for, for girls to have a, you know, a positive, healthy example. Um, and an empowered mom is going to raise an empowered daughter for sure. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I have three girls and I've talked about this on the podcast before. And we, I have, I should say we, I'm going to include my husband in this because he does as much as he can have driven them around to every single sport possible because I wanted them to land on something or a few that just make them feel good and give them mm -hmm. confidence. I don't care if they're good at it. I just want them to do something to move their body. And I can tell it changes their mood. Same with me, right? If I don't get a run in or a workout, I'm in a crappy mood and the same thing happens to them too. So I'd love to learn more about girls with soul. It sounds like such a great organization and kind of how you founded it and the mission. Oh, thank you. Well, it's funny just to touch on what you said. I, I, so agree with that. And that it has to do with girls with soul too, because our, our mission is to use free fitness and wellness programs, um, to empower the minds, bodies, and souls of girls who have experienced abuse of any kind or who are at risk. And, um, because it's girls with soul S O L E, um, it's obviously mm -hmm. a play on words and we do do a lot of running type activities and I'm a runner. So people always just assume it's a running club or we, all we do is run. Um, to go back to what we were just talking about, for me, it would not feel empowered, who do not feel athletic, who maybe, um, you know, have never had exposure even, or, you know, because they just, it's not available to them, to any sports. Mm -hmm. um, how do they know it's going to light their soul on fire, you know, and it probably isn't going to be running, not necessarily. Some people don't like it. I don't know how you could not, <laughs> but not, there are those people who don't feel empowered by it. So I wanted it to be, you know, where we offer everything. And we literally do. Like I play football with them. We play basketball, mm -hmm. soccer. I mean, if the space allows, but I mean, mm -hmm. I've taken them to rock 
climbing to stand up paddle boarding. We do yoga, we dance. I want them to find what's going to light their soul on fire. And it's not going to be the same as everybody else's and that's okay, but try Mm -hmm. it, you know, and you never know, like some one girl picks up a football has never touched a football before. And she's got an arm like a cannon and had no idea that she was an amazing, (laughs) you know, quarterback, you know, it's just so awesome. Like you said, to see, or like the fear or like, I'm not going to be good at it. I can't do it. Oh my God. A, a stand up paddleboard. Are you crazy? I've never done this in my life. And just that, oh my God, like you see a light switch go beyond behind their eyes when they're coming back in after we're done mm-hmm. or they're like, Miss Liz, look at me, look at me. They're doing a headstand on the board, you know, like, well, come on. <laughs> so you were the cool. one that even get in the water before it. Like I, yeah. It. And my daughter, and then it the translates to so many other things in their life oh, too. Exactly. Then you take that. Mm-hmm. And you bring it into the classroom or into a situation where, you you know, you have to do something that you're a little nervous about. And you're like, that's nothing compared to, you know, what I did before. My daughter was mm-hmm. the same way. She, my, my son is extremely athletic. He's the kid that's infuriating that will never <laughs> try something in his life and be like, hey, I'm going to try that today, that high jump thing at track. And he breaks the record <laughs> the first time he does it. Like that's, <laughs> that's him. My daughter has the heart and the soul and she's like the team, you know, like I love my team and I'm here and I try my hardest, but not the talent, like quite at that level of like of my son, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she did everything. And we were, we would take her an hour to go do roller derby because she wanted oh, to boy. do roller derby. <laughs> and I'm like, Aww. you know, we were like, we, um, we named her uh, Bull in a China Shop and we got her the <laughs> outfits. And then she realized, oh, I have to know how to roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a minor detail. Well, I guess, you know, it's, it's just a detail. Detail sneakball. So, but yeah, I mean, we encouraged, like you said, we, my husband, I, you know, anything she wanted to try, we were, we were good with it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same as girls with soul. It's really important for them to sort of tap into trying new things um, and not being afraid. And so that's the first portion of every session. Cause usually, you know, I team up with the way it works is I take the programs to the girls where they are. So it might be a social service agency or like residential treatment center um, or a school and the girls are sort of identified by, you know, whoever, whether it's the principal or if it's the residential treatment center, it's usually just the whole wing of girls. And okay. um, the first portion is dedicated more to the fitness part that we, that I talked about earlier. And then the second mm-hmm. is more of like a self-awareness, uh, self-esteem empowering session. So they're kind of, it's kind of a stretch to call it art projects because I don't want to confuse it with art therapy by any stretch, but in a way it Mm -hmm. sort of is because we take topics, you know, um, team building, peer building, um, you know, dating, you know, healthy dating, you know, things that are important, but we let them do, um, you know, like collages and different types of activities that I'll bring in so that they can kind of talk about what it is that we're addressing in the topic and then they make a, a poster or a, of some type of project and then they get to keep it. So nice. Nice. yeah, it's nice. pretty cool. Or we'll it like is. do buckets of strength, which I like too. They think it's fun because mm. they get these little galvanized buckets, just the tiny mm. ones. You can get them at like target in the dollar section or whatever. And we sit in a circle and each person gets a stack of little strips of paper and you write um, something that you would want, 
to hear on a day that you don't feel so great about yourself or, you know, just something to pump you up about, even if it's silly, like don't let the turkeys get you down or something like that, you know, (laughs) and then you're, but you're filling the other people's buckets so that when you're done, everybody has a whole bucket full of strength that was given to them by their peers. And then they can take it and use it whenever they need to, you know, like pull them out and be like, Oh, someone said this to me or, you know, whatever. And they can use it when they need. That's nice. Nice. Yeah. It's fun. A a reservoir of strength when they're not around the other girls. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so let's shift the talk about running because, because we all love it. We really do. (laughs) We're the crazy (laughs) exactly yeah yeah yeah. so okay so liz a marathon in every state we have to ask about that accomplishment because we hear time and time again from women in our community who are aiming for that goal whether it's a marathon a half marathon so how many years did it take you to complete and what was your strategy for tackling all 50 and then i guess have to ask which was your favorite oh my gosh um it took me about two and a half years and my husband was oh, like, I know. wow, <laughs> holy so, smokes. I remember I started it. At, okay. I started it at 45 and I told my husband and my family that I was going to do it. And it was kind of funny because my brother, who's notoriously the one that's going to say something negative to me, my husband never does, but my brother does, but my husband wanted to kill him because I, <laughs> he said, that's stupid. And I'm like, what? <laughs> why is it stupid? And he said, well, two reasons. One, because you're too old, which I was like, oh, oh yeah. wow, mm. forget it. Forget it. So that was like, I went home and I signed up for 10 marathons like that day. I'm uh, like, sure. I'm going to kill you. Because, you know, we funded all of this. And it costs a lot to do those travel. Totally. So that was the one reason. And then the other reason why he said, you'll have to go places that no one would want to go to. And I was like, what are you talking oh. about? So he's just, mm. he was just being a jerk. But he actually took it back. And the one mm-hmm. place that he said, you know, I was like, well, like, where would I not want to go? Because I, I love the adventure portion oh, of yeah. like, you know, destination races, just going mm-hmm. somewhere that you've never seen. Right. It's cool. Yeah. Right. Um, Having an excuse to go there. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's how I look at it. Like, you know, people will be like, you know, you can go somewhere and not run. And I'm like, what? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you organize it? Did you kind of go, I mean, and, and what did the calendar look like? I mean, I can't do the math that quickly, but how many marathons were that? What did you do per month? And did you kind of do them back to back and stay in one section of the country for a week? And did you have an entourage with you? Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. That- <laughs> yeah. Well, I, maybe I, I did it differently than others, but I, at first really just tried to get as as many in that I could drive to as possible. And that's what dictated okay. it. Um, okay. And I had one friend for a while who was like, you know, as if, if I can go and you're driving, I'll go with you. And I was like, all right, that's mm. cool. And her name is Liz too, which is really funny. Uh, uh-huh. So Liz and Liz shirts. It, yeah, no, but the, this is <laughs> kind of humorous because back in the day she has a ton of tattoos and I had none, like I said. So my friends <laughs> used to call her tattoo Liz. So you could tell who you were talking about. But then I had to go and ruin that because now I'm going to be too, I guess. That's funny. Number one, and I'll just be number two. Um, uh, So we kind of just, I guess that's what kind of dictated the pace. But, you know, we did, we picked ones that were close by where you could do them in a weekend. So if there was a Saturday race in, 
I don't know, Kentucky or somewhere. And then a Sunday race somewhere nearby in another state, we would do it like that back to back. And then for the ones like way out, out West and stuff, they have a lot of those series races um, for all the crazy people that, again, you know, you make it more, um, not, I guess economical because you're not going to fly to, you know, right. what the West coast five times instead you can do mm-hmm. um, five races in a row or four races mm-hmm. in a row or whatever. So I did that mm-hmm. a few times and that was very helpful to get them all mm-hmm. like, in. Wait, um, so when, when you say four in a row, do you mean like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or you're saying Saturday, Sunday, and then the following Saturday, Sunday? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday would be more what they would do. Like they got, they hold them in these like small little parks and the parks aren't closed or anything. Like if someone's walking their dog, they're walking their dog and then you do loops around. So um, if, if people don't like loops, it could be bad. And I learned to actually, I thought I didn't like them, Mm -hmm. but I actually learned to really love them. Um, for a couple of reasons, but yeah, like there was one in, uh, it's called the new England challenge. So you're doing, I can't remember all, I think it was, um, I want to say Massachusetts, New Hampshire, um, Maine, Vermont, like all in a row. Mm -hmm. And the one in Massachusetts was a one mile loop that had a hill. So you had to run 26 times a damn hill. Wow. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you get like a little rubber band. It's like a whole thing. It's, and you see the same people at all the races and the marathon maniacs and like the same folks, like it's actually really fun. Cause you have a huge wide range of types of people. Like there's, you know, the old couple who's walking literally every single race, every single day, holding hands the whole time, you know, oh like, I'm like, oh my God, that's adorable <laughs> and annoying. And oh my God, no way <laughs> I'd kill my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for them it's adorable like they're having fun they're just out there you know then there's the serious people and then there's like everybody in between and every age every you know size it's it's fun you know because you see wait, the wait. same folks so what's the you mentioned a rubber band how does that factor oh, into the whole oh, thing because of the loops like i i if I, I, if I do something three times, I'm like, Oh, I lost count. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. I would never be able to, I'd be like, was that number five or number six? Wait, so you pick remember. up, you pick up a, a rubber band that you like put around your wrist At for everyone. Table. Yeah. There's a table oh that's sort of like the ready, set, go line basically. And then uh-huh. you go, uh-huh. you do your loop, you come back, you grab your band, you go, you do your loop. And then there's a timer and there's a system and everything, but just so you don't lose track. And then at the end, you know, you, gotcha. you have all of them and you know you're sitting there counting them while you're running and I don't know something about loops like I start concentrating more on counting the loops and I forget about the miles and they go faster for some reason and I like the (laughs) fact that there's a place that I can have all of my crap you know what I mean and and that I can literally if I have to but um, <laughs> it's so funny when you said crap, I'm like, well, oh, I think she means both uh, uses of that word. <laughs> thing, right. So, it's like, oh, thank God. Like it's there. I know it's a comfort level. You know, I know it's there even if I don't need it. But if I do, uh-huh. it's there. And then so is my own special little like, you know, area where I have my goo or my drink or mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Were you were you able to get through? a lot of those races without any injuries. I mean, that is, 
that's a lot. You must've had an amazing, you know, prehab and rehab routine. Um, I, I can't even imagine doing four marathons in a row. I, I've done one my whole life and that was about enough for me. <laughs> that's my husband. Only. He, uh, he did one marathon. It was where we met at mile three and he never did one again. And I don't know if it's in an insult or a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> like is it, is it like Go with I don't want that to happen again you know look what happened last time <laughs> or oh I got what I wanted I don't ever have to do that again what was your marathon <laughs> what was the one you did um Chicago Chicago oh. and I and I do want to run another one I want to run New York next year but I just I just think that's amazing that you were able to do that that's such a feat of your you know of your strength and just your fitness to be able to crush mm-hmm. that many in two and a half years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think yeah. what kept me healthy is, um, I, I guess to answer your, your question, I, I was not injured at all, which I'm surprised. Wow. I mean, back issues where, I mean, my lower back would be, they would, sometimes it was screaming at me. Like I would literally have to go find a chiropractor, um, mm. you know, back to back marathons. It's more of a lower back thing, but I, I wouldn't call it an injury. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, it's, you know, overuse and it hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, Mm -hmm. I don't train. Like, I think some people think that I'm putting in like major, major miles. Like they're, they're thinking about training for a marathon in the way that maybe they would do if they had one that they were doing in the spring or the fall versus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these races became my training. So there was no training in between. And I think that's how you stay, healthy, but you're, I mean, I had a base level that I was working off of and I didn't have to do anything else because the races were my training. So, you know, when I'm doing, when I wasn't doing that, I was doing strength and conditioning or getting in the pool and swimming. uh, And that's, you know, what kept me healthy. And if I added miles on top of that, I would have been hurt for sure. For sure. Mm, mm, mm. So, and I I actually take that approach in general. I, I I know I'm not your normal, like, as far as like, runners go like I don't wear a watch I'm not a morning person I don't do high mileage but I know Mm -hmm. what works for my body and like what keeps me happy and healthy and that's what I do and it's worked Mm -hmm. this long I'm gonna be 53 and I don't I I mean I have an injury once in a great while but it's very rare I I think that's so important for listeners to hear because I think people And I fell into this camp too. You know, I got my training plan and I was like, holy smokes, how am I supposed to do all of this? Like my life just doesn't, or maybe it was my excuse. I didn't really see how I was supposed to fit in that many miles. So I did what I could and didn't beat myself up about it. And I was fine. I think you really have to adapt it to what your body is comfortable with. And if it works, then, then keep going with it. You don't have to follow every single piece of advice that you've received. Right. I think that that's important because otherwise it's intimidating and people may not even, won't even start like, well, there's no way I'd be able to do that. So why would I even try to run the marathon? I think that is a reason that people are, that deters people from even bothering with it because they see Mm -hmm. that, that high mileage and they're like, are you kidding me? No way. Um, And I agree. I mean, but if it is something that someone wants to do, or I don't know, when I was younger, I, I, I don't know, like I would maybe go out and do a 18 miler, but it was because I was running with a friend and that's what they were doing. And I'm like, all right, I'll go with you, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I I don't go anything over uh, right now. And I'm running marathon in Antarctica, February. I will not run more than 13, 14 miles before I do it. Oh my gosh. 
Okay, well, Liz, you you squashed on my next question, which is thanks to Instagram, I knew that you're doing Antarctic Americon <laughs> in so February. Cool. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, amazing! So, um, I don't know if it'll be a one mile loop that you can leave your crap both types at, <laughs> at the not a, same it's spot. Not, it's not a one mile loop, but there is a loop. So I think it's no, like two yeah. or three miles. So I can still crap yeah. when I want to. And thank God, because, <laughs> because everything's white there. Can you imagine? If oh, God. I didn't think about that. Oh, I can't yeah. hide that. I thought about it. <laughs> I'm Come, sure. Just cover it up with toilet paper. That's white. Yes. Um, so, so, Bring so your own. Yeah, it'll be... Um, your fifth continent out of your goal of running on all seven continents. Wow. Wow. So um, we know you've done North America because you did 50, <laughs> at least 50 of those. Um, you did Asia because we mentioned in the intro that you did the Great Wall of China. So um, tell us the other continents you've tackled. And then the rest of my question was, how are you prepping for it? But so obviously not running more than 13 miles, but how about for the, you live in Ohio. Um, I mean, it's cold there, but yeah, it's luckily, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so give us more details, please. Well, I, I did Africa already. I ran, uh, on the Entebbe. It was called the Entebbe wildlife preserve. So it's called the big five and it's really actually pretty awesome because you're in South Africa and you're running with the big five wild game of Africa. Mm. So they're all loose. That's how they live. Um, It was a really cool race. And at the end, um, my friends and I were joking because the race was literally truncated um, by a herd of elephants. So we had to stop and wait (laughs) until they were, until they moved. They wouldn't, they wouldn't move. They were, I think they were messing with us on purpose. They were just standing there. (laughs) The the Rangers were, you know, the Rangers obviously are, are watching and keeping guard and stuff for, you know, safety reasons. And they were like, you can't go near them because I mean, male elephants are super aggressive and you don't want to mess with them. So we did, we waited. And so our race was took a little longer than, Usual. So, um, and then the other continent was Europe, which I did an Ironman in Switzerland. I did the Zurich oh. Ironman. Wow. Um, so that took care of that. Um, mm-hmm. So now I just have, a, well, after Antarctica, I have um, Australia and South mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. And do you um, have, have your eye? Yeah. Do you have those picked out yet? Um, not Australia, although my whole family wants to go with me. And to answer your question about the entourage in the 50 states, nobody went yes. to Iowa with mom. No one wanted to go to Nebraska with mom. No offense. Nebraska. <laughs> um, but everybody went to Hawaii with mom. <laughs> so Whoa, I did, that. Wait, but did you do Australia? Did you do Honolulu? Cause that starts at like, what, like four 30 in the morning. It does. I mean, and I did. Oh my God. Oh, and how did you boy, get up? I, oh my God, it was rough. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I mean, I can do it. It's not like I'm not physically capable, but I don't enjoy it. But also I was in Hawaii. So I'm like, come on, man, I'm in Hawaii, but it's so humid and you're like, yeah slick you know just sweating and you're just standing there waiting for the race to start and it's literally five, mm-hmm. like five in the morning you're not even doing anything yet and you're sweating your butt off <laughs> but there's no cutoff time I don't know if you guys know that oh I didn't know that no it's uh-huh. one of the very few you know not many races have zero cutoff time and it's very mm-hmm. popular um, in Japan and it's sponsored by uh, mm-hmm. Japanese airlines so they li- it's some reason it's uh it's like a 
stigma, not a stigma, but like a social class thing where they, they're really proud if you do the marathon and you get that medal and you only get the medal and the t-shirt if you finish. I mean, the medal, obviously, mm. but you don't even get the race shirt if you don't finish, but wow. there's no cutoff. So literally people will dress up in costumes. They wear flip flops. <laughs> they walk the whole thing, like all day. Wow. They stop for lunch. I'm like, what? On oh my gosh. And then they wear the medal around for like the rest of the week. <laughs> <It's hilarious>. <laughs> 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 it is so funny. It was a very interesting experience, actually, because I've never seen like so many people choosing to just be there, like literally wearing a giant costume, like one of those ones that like a mascot would wear or something like just yeah, like a furry. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a big furry. <laughs> thing. Stop it. Stop at the hotel and have a little party. Uh- <laughs> we have, no I live in. I mean, you're going to they take that no cutoff, like to the nth degree, like very seriously, you know, (laughs) I, um, I live in Colorado in the Boulder Boulder, which is only a 10 K. So, you know, a fraction of what a marathon is, but that's what it's all about too. It's a, it's a party. Like, you know, people wear costumes, it's on a college campus and Boulder is definitely known for um, being a a little bit of a party school, but there are like slip and slides. People are taking jello shots. I mean, it is just, it's obviously a lot of college kids, but Oh, I've, I've heard of Boulder to Boulder for sure. I, I, for yeah. some reason thought, and I might be thinking of beta breakers or something, but yeah. I thought people ran nude at Boulder to Boulder. Um, I have not, I have beta, not beta breakers, that. beta breakers they do. And also beta breakers is known for, um, the centipedes so that you yeah. have, um, people, um, kind of joined by some way. Like I did the it, human centipede. Ro- yeah. 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 I, I was there, uh, when I did it, I was a rower. And so my, uh, teammates and I made this, um, very lightweight, um, rowing shell quote unquote made out of PVC piping and fabric. And so we strapped it over our shoulders and then all hustled together through through the whole course. So oh fun. Now, beta breakers, how far is that? Is that 10K also? No, I want to say, hmm, I should know this. Um, for some reason, I think it's like an 8K or hmm. some kind of unusual distance. I, I was super young, so it uh, just was, you know, a lark in the a lark in the Golden Gate Park. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but so, okay, we need to come back to one, you need to tell us what race in South America you're doing, but also how you are preparing to run in Antarctica. Can we go back <laughs> to how cold it's going yeah, to be? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, a friend of mine who's a race director in Maine and I have, um, she wants to do a race somewhere crazy destination with me. And I told her out, you know, which continents I had left. So we, we have our eye on Easter Island marathon. Oh, wow. And that will be really awesome. Like, cause it's such a weird, unique place. Um, Mm -hmm. so that would be that. And then Australia, like I said, my family wants to go. I I don't have one picked out. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a desert person. I really like that dry heat. Um, and mm. my favorite marathon was honestly probably Sedona, Arizona oh. was probably mm-hmm. one, of, one of my top favorite races. It was just unique mm-hmm. and beautiful. Um, so I don't know. I want to be somewhere warm and that will be the, literally the polar opposite of Antarctica. Polar opposite. Yes. Um, I know. So I, um, I guess this year will be the, the first year that I'll be thankful that Cleveland has shitty winters. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be outside a lot. 
Um, I, like I said, I'm not doing high mileage, but they did suggest, um, a number of things. One to do a lot of trail running. So I've been signing up for a ton okay. of trail races and I've, I'll go to, I'll make the extra, like where I live in the suburbs of Cleveland, there's not really like challenging. I live on the, on the side of Cleveland that doesn't have challenging trails. So I'll drive mm. like an hour just to get, you know, the hardcore trails and stuff. And that wow. that'll be really good, um, mm -hmm. for preparation. And then, um, at my gym, um, I take a strength and conditioning class and then I go outside afterwards and it's cold and I, I don't know, mm -hmm. you, you know, what those rogue, uh, sleds, you know, you can push them or pull oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Um, there's one that you can pull and I put weights on them and there's a hill and I, I walk over to the hill and I do hill repeats with, while I pull the sled and then oh my gosh. in the parking lot, I push the, the 90 pounder and I do sprints back and forth and I push the sled outside in the cold. So those wow. are the things that will like make me strong. They're going to like really build my, um, you know, my ass and my legs for when I get fatigued, um, <laughs> on the mm -hmm. ice. Um, so honestly, that's why I think there really is a point of diminishing return when it comes to high mileage. And I, again, this is an individual thing and it, you know, it's more what your preference is or what works for your body mm -hmm. or whatever. But for me, I, if I beat myself up with high mileage, I'm not getting any fitter. I'm just beating myself down, you know, mm -hmm. like getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I know, I, I know when I do that to myself and it, it, backfires. So, but if I'm in, in the gym and I'm doing the strength and conditioning, especially now that I'm in my fifties, that'll keep me from getting hurt. And I'm getting, you know, endurance, muscle endurance that I, you know, the shit that breaks down at mile 20, 21, where you're like, Oh my God, obviously I'm still hurting at that mileage, but not as bad. And it really makes a huge difference. So if I'm pushing a 90 pound sled, um, that's going to jack up my heart rate, give me some muscle endurance, mix up some different things that I'm, you know, not normally doing. And all of a sudden I'm like, mm, I feel pretty fit. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, I swim with master swimming too. So I try to get in the water two or three times a week, but that's a lot mm -hmm. for me, um, time-wise. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just going to say one to two times a week, I'll try to get to a master's <laughs> You know what I mean? Like oh. sometimes it, the practice yeah. at night, it, even though I'm not a morning person, I don't want to leave at eight o'clock at night to go swim for an hour mm -hmm. either. So I don't know. I'm getting yeah. old, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to circle back to the Great Wall of China because that uh, um, sounds amazing. I've been there and it's just an incredible place. I've heard it's incredibly challenging. Um, so I, I mean, it sounds just an speaking with you for the past 45 minutes, you can accomplish just about anything, but you're including 5,100 feet of vertical, um, 5,100 vertical feet on the wall itself. And then you finish 21st out of 251 women. So just get, go down that path a little bit and tell us more about that race. Cause that's pretty badass in my opinion. Oh, well, thank you. It was, uh, you're right. It was so awesome. Cause I mean, it was, I've done five Ironmans and I thought Ironman was really difficult. And I've done a lot of marathons that were difficult too, but oh my God, that was the hardest for sure by, by mm. far because of the steps. Uh, yeah. so, uh, it was almost, I would say like 90, 92, 93 degrees felt like oh worse because 
some of the, they didn't have, you know, OSHA requirements back then where they had like, you know, steps of all the same size. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you've been there, like you said, you know, some are really small and they're crumbly and then others are really wide and steep. So some of them you're literally climbing, like you're climbing a Versa climber kind of, Mm, um, and and your hands are on the wall and it's hot. (laughs) Yes. Um, 93 degrees. Wow. Yeah, it was hot. Um, but it was so challenging because you hit the, you have to hit the steps on the wall. The first round it's 5,160 something vertical stairs that you climb on the, on the course and you hit it the first time. And then you go out into the village for a while. And there is, this is the opposite of Honolulu. There's a, a strict cutoff. And if you don't make it back to the wall in time, they put up a barricade and they won't let you finish. Oh no. I know. Oh, uh, which wow. is heart wrenching because imagine going all the way over there and then not finishing and having them mm-hmm. say you can't go on and you're like, no. So what yeah. is what is the overall time cutoff for it? <sighs> Honestly, I can't remember. Um, mm. I want to say six hours or six thirty mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. They tell you okay. to add, you know, a good forty percent onto your time or something like that. Oh, easy. You yeah. know, because mm-hmm. so goodness. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy hard. So then the second time you go, oh my God, the second time you go up the stairs, it's brutal as hell. And there was a man behind me that was crying. He was oh, no. actually crying out loud. Oh, man. And people were throwing up. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so every now and then, of course, because it was hard, you know, it's like, I would just stop. And like you said, I would look around. I'm like, I'm on the f-ing Great Wall of China. <laughs> like, this is so mm-hmm. badass. I didn't even care how hard it was because yeah, it was the great wall of China. So you have to pinch yourself and just remember where you are in the world. I mean, that's exactly like, come on, like, come on, Mm -hmm. what am I doing here? So then, um, to prepare for it, I really did. I ran a lot of stairs. We have some steep ass stairs. Um, I was doing, uh, a weighted vest on the stairs. Um, you know, I think honestly, like I said, the strength and, uh, conditioning, you know, sprints, um, stuff like that help a lot. And I think when people Mm -hmm. go to a race like that and they train like their normal flat, you know, road running training routes, it's not the same. I mean, you got to realize where you're going (laughs) and then prepare for it. So if you weren't steps and some strength, I think that's why you'd be crying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, 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 that would be, that was, that is, well, sorry, I cannot speak. That one is not on my bucket list, but it sure would be cool to experience it. Um, so given the title of your memoir, we have to ask, what is the feeling you experience at the end of, of an, especially epic race, like, like the great wall of China or one of your Ironman races? Like what, what do you feel as you cross the finish line? Um, other than relief. Cause you're like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, I did yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. But that is what it, I mean, that is the finish line feeling is that euphoria. Um, it's just, um, the fact that you accomplish something. And I think for me, especially, um, growing up, you know, just not having, um, confidence in myself or, you know, not really loving myself basically for a long time. And also people telling me that I wouldn't be able to do certain things or that, you know, maybe I was a up or just all the things that I've experienced. So when you can do something that you're the only one who can do it 
uh, no one can take it from you once you do it. And there's not a lot of things you can say that about in life. I mean, even like education, like maybe if someone cheats on a test or, you know, whatever, and, you know, really only you can do it. That just is that finish line feeling like you feel like you came home. It's the warmest, most amazing high in the world because you did it and you can use it, like you said earlier, in every area of your life for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've never, totally. I've done five. If I never do one again, if I only, if I did one, I did one, you did one marathon. Yeah. That's hard. You know, it's like, yeah. so yeah. now you can tell yourself I can do hard things. And that finish line feeling is just the most amazing thing because then it tells you, cause you, you equate the finish line with the end, right? Cause you're like, Oh, thank God it's over. It's done. It's finished. But it's mm -hmm. really, truly the beginning of what's possible because you're like, I did mm. that. So now it's not over. I've, I've just started. Now I can do anything. And that's what it feels like. To me. That's perfectly said. Yeah, I love that. It's the beginning of what's possible. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, so leave us with a sense of what your next few months will be like in preparation for your race at the bottom of the world. I mean, do you have lots more sled pushing, um, <laughs> gonna, you know, sleep outside on ice block. I mean, <laughs> um, I'll just be outside a lot. Uh, I'm not letting myself do anything inside unless it's my strength class. And I definitely have been working on, um, what I'm going to be wearing, uh, cause I want to oh. be comfortable in what I'm wearing and make sure that I'm not overdressed, but I don't want to mm -hmm. be underdressed. And I feel like it's a very, uh, precarious balance, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, if you overdress and I'm a sweater, I don't know about you guys, but I sweat oh, heavy sweater. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I don't, I don't just glow. I look like I dove in a pool kind of sweat, <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. which is not good if you're in Antarctica because it'll freeze and then you're in trouble. So I don't want right. to either, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so that'll be, a, I think a big portion of it. And I think those are things that like even like with an Ironman, you, you know, you think about like, well, you know, people forget about how important nutrition is, you know, cause you're out there for so long and you one one little thing could sway you the wrong way. So I think, I feel like what I'm wearing or not wearing will be really important too. And I want to have that down before I go. So I'll be practicing mm -hmm. outside with all of that. Mm -hmm. And, and you mentioned, um, I lied. I do have one more question. Um, yeah. it, you, you mentioned that the, the organizers of the great wall marathon say, oh, add about 40% to your time. Are there any sort of, um, caveats like that for Antarctica? Yeah. They said the same exact thing. Um, oh. and also I want to say the cutoff is six 30. Oh, okay. um, and I'm only more aware of that one because it's coming up. So I couldn't remember the China, the great wall one, but, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about getting cut off, but you know, mm -hmm. it's a long time to be out there in the cold. Oh, I'm yeah. not a big fan of being yeah. cold, yeah. Yeah. but and, it's going to be beautiful. It will be. And so, oh my God, so uniquely special, obviously. So mm -hmm. Um, well, we wish you all the best there in early February down at the bottom of the world. Thank so, you. Think um, of me, please. Yeah, we <laughs> will. We'll send you warm thoughts. Oh, yes. Thank you. We do get to Good fly luck. to Buenos Aires awesome. though first. Ooh. Oh, that's how, that's yeah. how you get there. You go to Buenos Aires and then you take a boat for a couple of days or something. I so. know in the boat ride, I know, I know from your Instagram account, you are worried about, and I, I have, um, some friends who've been lucky enough to go to Antarctica and I know that the boat ride, um, can be, um, 
very memorable. Yeah. <laughs> Did they say they were a little ill? Uh, the Drake yes. cast mm-hmm. got them. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely, oh. there was. Um, yeah. Did yeah. they have so a patch? Had, or yeah, I was gonna say get a patch, Liz. That's what I mean. I have not been on the boat anywhere near what you're gonna be on, but I get really motion sick, and those help me immensely. Mm. I already gosh. have my doctor appointment. So hopefully that's what she Good. prescribed for me. Cause I, oh my gosh, I get sick in the car. So I'm like, Ooh, oh, same. no. <laughs> same. <Yikes>. Ooh. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. I so appreciate you guys having me on. Seriously. It's been really oh, fun uh, talking to you. Oh, so loads, fun. loads of fun to talk with you, Liz. Um, well, and again, best of luck on all your future endeavors and, and uh, nailing those seven continents. That's so exciting. Can't wait to follow along on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you. All right. Take care. You too. Okay, Katie. Uh, let's say you can't do New York as your next marathon. You have to either do the Great Wall of China or Antarctica Marathon. Which one would you do? I mean, I, I don't even know. <laughs> and I feel like I'm a really good, um, I'm really good at playing would you rather. And so usually <laughs> these questions are easy for me, but that many vertical steps versus that cold. I, I think I'd have to probably go with Antarctica. Cause I, I think the steps would be tough for me. What about you? I, that's um, I have to say, I think the boat trip might do me. in. Ooh. so I think, I think I might, because also with the gray wall of China, Hey, there's always the chance that I could get cut off halfway and then I can't finish it. Right. Oh, and be, that'd be so sad. I agree. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> it would be so sad. And also I'm amazed that I've also been to the Great Wall of China. So when we see each other in Austin, we're going to have to compare notes. For sure. One yeah, of the, I, one of the I coolest never, things I've seen in person. Yeah, I, I, I did not know that about you. So uh, still discovering new things about <laughs> each other. <laughs> I keep some things in my pocket. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, folks, it is the holiday season. And if you're looking for uh, gifts for the runners in your life, or perhaps gifts to suggest that people give to you, we have the perfect place for you to shop. It's anothermotherrunner.com. There's store in our top navigation bar. We have everything from really awesome trucker hats to cute tees. Uh, we got some sweatshirts. Katie and I are both going to be wearing them at the running event. <laughs> yes. And they're just cute. And I love the phrase on them and they're cozy. Yeah. And don't be shy about sending that of um, an email to your friend, family, anyone with ideas for yourself. I think people would appreciate that. Exactly. Exactly. And we have, you know, different price ranges. So, you know, if you're going to buy something for everybody in your running group, you know, might we suggest another mother runner socks or, you know, want some of our stickers because mm-hmm. um, we now have free shipping. I don't think we've played that up enough on our podcast that we did away with shipping on uh, domestic shipping, I should say on our website. So, um, so free shipping all around Woo-hoo! every day. Uh, so again, go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on that store link in the top navigation bar. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. <laughs> <laughs>